Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. you i like that intro music every time i kind of do a little dance before i get going um but i'm back week two in a row uh we're really uh we're really sticking to our our, our new year's goals here of cranking out one episode a week at least um and so here we are and what i wanted to do today kind of fits in with um what, what i talked about last time about how we approach the word of god is talk about how do we how do we read the Bible? How do we understand the Bible? And, and basically rehashing some of the stuff that we talked about last night uh, at our at our Bible 101 mini seminar um, that is a, a part of what we're doing this year with our, our motto of feast to flourish of becoming um, really living into that identity of, as people of the word, people who are, are craving the word, feasting on the word of God daily, just devouring the word that's shaping us, that's getting deep into our, our soul and, and really forming us from the inside out. Uh, and so I... I I wanted to get the year going. Uh, if I'm, if I'm, if I, and part of that is inviting people into this chapter a day Bible reading plan that we're doing um, church wide, um, is to help people understand how do I read my Bible more than just like looking over a couple like you know words on the page and kind of seeing the, the black ink go by as my eyes you know fly by to actually make sense of it to actually come to my Bible and get something out of it. And so um, that that's what this mini seminar thing was about. Um, and I wanted to, I know not everybody could be there that wanted to be there. And so um, I thought I'd just throw throw some of this stuff together in this podcast. Um, probably a little bit of, of a condensed version, um, but want to talk through some of these things. Now, to, to get started, I want to talk about some of the barriers that, the common barriers that people or, or obstacles that people sense when it comes to Bible reading plan. First, um, some people just say, listen, I don't know where to start. Like it's the the Bible overwhelms me. It's hard. Uh, I sit down and I start reading. I, I don't know uh, what chapter uh, or what book of the Bible to read. So I, I just find myself thumbing through and doing like an eeny, eeny meeny, miny, mo sort of thing and plopping. And, and, and when I start reading, the, the thing seems like it's in a different, completely different language. It's like, um, you know, it's like some sort of um, Klingon or something, but um, that, that's a common thing that I hear is like, uh, it's hard. Reading my Bible is hard. And, and the other one, I, the second one that I hear quite frequently is, uh, I don't have time. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty b- busy person. I Almost every single minute of my day is accounted for and uh, got so much stuff to do. Going, going, going. Kids this, got that for work, got this going on afterwards. People coming over, MC, then this, then that. And I, and I hear you. There, there is a limited amount of time in the day. 
Um, and and it it is one of those things where um, trying to get some Bible time in can can be a challenge. Uh, and the, the third thing that I hear qu- quite frequently is that it, it's boring. Like, if I have to choose between opening up my Bible and reading or watching Netflix or just sitting and relaxing, it's just like Netflix or relaxing seems more entertaining to me. Um, it's easier to get into that than it is to, to jump into my Bible. And, I, you know, and, and what happens sometimes people just say, I find myself falling asleep real quick because it kind of bores me. And so, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I get it. But, but I think that if, if we really want to have, um, I think those, those thoughts, those barriers need to be challenged. We've got to flip those statements up on their head. First of all, you do have time. You do have time to, to read your Bible every day and for a good chunk of the, the time, you know, like I'm not saying an hour or anything like that, but I'm saying like for a healthy chunk of time, uh, you have that, but your, your priorities are off. And so the Bible kind of takes the back seat um, and you get, you kind of go on your way doing the other stuff that really doesn't carry as much, co- much consequence. Well, it does carry consequence, but it doesn't bring the kind of fruitfulness and, um, and, and joy that, that the Bible can bring. And so... Uh, you have time, your priorities off. Secondly, uh, the Bible's not boring. Like, you're boring. The Bible's not boring. Um, the Bible is crazy exciting. And um, and you're boring. So that's why it feels boring. But to, no, that's a joke. Um, maybe a less harsh version of that is man, you don't know what you're missing out on. You don't know the kind of entertainment. And I just, I'm not saying come to the Bible for the sake of entertainment. But but there is there are thrilling stories in there that just captivate the mind and the imagination and and by design God God wants to captivate your soul and all of those stories you know whether you watch movies or Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is the streaming thing that Paramount or whatever billion other ones are out there right now um, Peacock you know all of them I could list list them off don't need to um, they they give you a less than product than what the Bible offers you all of those are telling a story. Um, and, and, and the Bible tells you a story that you're, first of all, that you want to be true. And secondly, that when you realize that you're a part of that story, you just get fired up about it. Um, and so the Bible is meant to make you a less boring person. So there's that. And, and number three, I want to say to the, to the thing about it being tough, that it is challenging to get into the Bible. You are right. It is challenging. Um, I'm not going to pull your leg and tell you that it's an easy thing to just jump into and you're going to be a master of it in no time. Uh, it's going to take some work. But here's the thing. Most wor- worthwhile things that you do in life are going to be challenging. It's going to push you beyond your limits. Um, and so Bible reading is one of those things. I promise you, you'll never regret it. You'll never regret spending 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day in the Bible. There's always going to be something there for you. If you're, if you're open to, to the Lord meeting you, he's, he's going to meet you there in the text is the words like jump to life in ways. Um, and, and the good news is that like, like most things that are challenging, it gets easier with time. And when you have the right tools, um, and so all those barriers, yeah, we can, we can say, yeah, we see them, but, but they are not insurmountable barriers. And so one of the things that I wanted to do with Bible 101 and, and, and this little quick podcast here is to uh, help you feel confident about your Bible, to, to let you know that you can read your Bible. That is something within the scope of your skill and ability that you can learn to read the Bible and learn to love it. 
Um, and, and part of learning to love it is, is realizing that this is a key piece of relationally engaging with God. This is how we go, grow in our, in our relationship with God. Um, the Bible isn't, isn't just a how-to manual for life. It, it brings us into relationship. It helps us know who God is, helps us know ourselves and the world that we live in. Um, and so it is, it's one of those things that, man, you can do it. And, and you're going to love every, maybe not, I can't, I can't overpromise like that because there's going to be, you get to Leviticus, mid-Leviticus, Numbers, and you're like, okay, I don't love this. But there's a purpose behind it, but it is quite enjoyable once you get going with it and, and the Lord tends to show up um, while you're sitting there with your cup of coffee and a Bible open. Um, and so I think in that way, it's a worthwhile time investment um, and it's going to pay, pay dividends in your life. Um, and in the life of other people, because because what you learn and what God presses on your heart and your discipleship and your growth um, becomes something that that can be used to help in other people's discipleship as we take responsibility um, for their discipleship as well as our own discipleship. So um, now I want to talk about like how how should we read your Bible? Like a specific there's a specific kind of way that you should be reading your Bible. Um, and, and the way that you should be coming to, the approach that you have, the intent that you have in coming to the Bible is to read the Bible for the sake of growth, right? The goal of Bible reading should always be growth. I think there's a couple ways this gets twisted. One is that a lot of people just kind of open up their Bible and they're looking for that daily pep talk, that motivational speech to kick their day off. And, and there's going to be times when the Bible can offer something like that, but there's going to be times where if that's what you're going for, uh, you're going to be pretty bummed out because, you know, I, even t- today I was reading uh, the story of, of um, oh, Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice whole thing. It's like if that's the chapter that you're in today, that is a, well, I mean, the end, it's good because God provides a ram. But the whole thing about the idea of having to sacrifice a son Man, that is not a not necessarily an uplifting way uh, if you if you isolate that to start your day. Um, another way is a, a lot of people come to uh, the Bible in sort of this pragmatic utilitarian way of uh, the the how to manual for life. This, here's da, 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 it's kind of like robotic sort of programmed. That's not it either. And and the other way that that we don't want to come after it is just to merely gain. Um, intellectual information that that I want to be smarter so I can argue better and prove somebody wrong. That's not a good reason. Um, that's not the the primary motivator behind coming to the Bible. It's not we don't come to the Bible for the sake of other people. Um, you, you get kind of the blinders on yourself and you start reading the Bible. And it's like oh yeah, so and so from my MC really needs to hear this. They are a train wreck and this would just sort of speak to it. So we don't read the Bible for other people, at least not primarily. There's there's benefit to the other side of it that once. Uh, we let God kind of get in and um, the Word of God read us, um, that, that we can take that with us and, and that can be of benefit to other people. Um, so any of those things could could be a byproduct in a healthy way, but the ultimate aim of coming to your Bible, what we're setting out to do, is for our hearts to be reformed according to the Word of God, let, letting the Bible kind of read us instead of us read the Bible. Um and so to, to get to that place of growth, I think we have to understand sort of the stages of growth, this, or the, more like the stages of learning. Scripture talks about knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Proverbs is, is full of all kinds of that language, um, and, and it uses those terms sort of, they're clearly um, intertwined to one another. 
Um, but they're they're each kind of distinguished from one another, and we can refer to these as sort of uh, the three stages of learning, which is bar this is where like we get the trivium for classical education. Um, uh, of the grammar, logic, rhetoric school sort of follows this biblical paradigm of, of growth and understanding. First is the, the stage of knowledge where we're merely com- collecting the information. We're finding out what is the truth. What, what's the truth? What are the facts? That's the knowledge phase of, of what does the Bible say? What's it say right in front of me? The next stage goes into understanding. Um, where we are organizing and working on comprehension of that information, of, of um, not just saying, hey, what is the truth, but help me understand the truth. Make, help me make sense of this. I want to make sense of this. I, I want this to be something that, that, um, that I kind of, I, I, yeah, I guess that I just make, I can make sense of it. It's not just uh, a piece of data, but I can see how it, it fits within a whole um, and then the next part, uh, the next phase of learning, stage of learning, is, goes into wisdom, where you learn how to skillfully apply um, knowledge and understanding of the truth to your everyday life. Um, and that's what wisdom is. It's a skillful application, skillful use of knowledge um, and understanding um, to, to live it out, to, to apply it, to let it work out into every facet of life. Um, and so we see Scripture distinguishes all of these um, from one another, yet they are related. In fact, um, Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Um, so there, there it is, the wisdom piece, you see knowledge, understanding, they're all kind of distinct but inter- interconnected to one another. And, and so when we think about it, when we think about growth, um, th- there's there's growth to be had in gaining the information and learning what the truth is. There's growth to be had in, in uh, comprehending the truth. But really, the kind of growth that we want is this wisdom growth, like the aim of of become be able to apply knowledge and understanding to real world, real life uh, scenarios. So we're not just hearers of the word or comprehenders of the word, but doers of the word, as James tells us in his his letter. Um, and and there are a pl- few places where we can go to get wisdom. Um, you can borrow wisdom. Um, somebody gives you good advice or somebody tells you something that, okay, that is wisdom. I can take that. I can glean from that. Um, you, you can get uh, a kind of wisdom from your own personal experience where I've gone through these circumstances. I walk away from it knowing more than I did, just that, that experiential um, kind of wisdom. But the best kind of wisdom, the most reliable kind of wisdom, um, comes directly from God, who is the source of all wisdom. He is the, the personification of wisdom. Um, and he gives freely, thankfully, he speaks wisdom. Um, and James even invites us that anybody's lacking wisdom, go ask for it, and God will be gracious and he'll give it. And so um, as Christians, we we want to ask God for wisdom, and he gives us his book, um, the Bible, to gain wisdom, to rightfully know the truth about him. Um, we see this in, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that scriptures are breathed out by God. Um, it's profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. And so there it is. It's laying out the facts. Um, here's here's what reality is. Here's the truth about God, about ourselves, about the world that we live in. Um, God, God's wisdom unfolds into understanding and comprehension. This is part of Paul's writing in Ephesians 3. Um, he says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. He's talking about so you can understand this, what I'm saying to you, which is now made, uh, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has been now revealed by his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And it goes on later um, down, it says, that you may have the strength to comprehend, so there to understand with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled 
with the fullness of God. And so there's this understanding piece that we see about about this uh, about learning about growth, right? To comprehend with all the saints, um, and and have this this knowledge, or what do you say? And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. So it goes beyond just that I know that God loves me, but I actually have some sort of reckoning with it, that I would be filled with the fullness of God, um, sort of understanding of it. And then uh, we move on into uh, the application of, of applying that to our life, seeing wisdom to, to live a, a wise life. Deuteronomy 4, 6, to, to keep the commandments and do them. For that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who then hear all these statutes will say, surely uh, this nation is wise and understanding people, right? The fact that, that God's law, God's word, um, it it reshapes, redirects, it informs every part of our lives. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so here, I just want to show you like the the, the phases of growing, of the phases of growth that, that we've got to kind of progress through um, from from knowing to understanding to gaining wisdom um, and just realize that there's there's that sort of uh, trajectory that the Bible reading, sometimes, um, especially as you get going, I think this is what I say to some people sometimes when they ask us, uh, well, why, why don't you have like a legit Bible study? You know, our missional communities, we sit down and we, we typically are working through a curriculum. And of course, we're our, our curriculum is rooted in the scriptures and we're reading um, a specific scripture, but it's not quite like a Bible study. Um, and one of the things that I say is that... Um, I think that the majority of Christians already know, like they, they have some awareness of the biblical truth. What what we need most is to take some of the, the core foundational beliefs and work them to the place of understanding. And so our curriculum is geared to move us toward um, just knowing the facts, knowing the truth, to gaining some kind of understanding. And then a lot of the times there's some uh, exercise of some kind that, that starts helping us to work towards wisdom and, and application and things of that nature. And so there, there is this trajectory, the phases of, of learning and growth that we it helps to be a little bit mindful of, um, of what's going on as we sit down to read the Bible. So now, um, there's, uh, giving a little bit of background here, what, what do we need to get started? Um, I think there are six things that you need to uh, ha- have them make the most out of your Bible reading time. I'll go through these quickly. First is a place and a time. Um, you need to find a place where you can sit down. It doesn't matter where it is. Uh, a place that's hopefully relatively undistracted that'll enable you to focus um, and give yourself to a sort of single-minded pursuit for a, a domain of time. Um, I think to have the same place every day is helpful because you can keep all of your tools that I'm going to tell you about here in a minute nearby and just have easy access to them. So you just, um, when, when you go to have that Bible time, you don't have to go around the house collecting a bunch of different stuff. It's either right there in a bag or right there um, on, on the end table at this chair that you sit at. Um, find that place, make it yours. Uh, and the next thing is, is find a time to consistently be there. Um, and then to do everything that you can in your power to protect that time. Um, I know life comes at you, and, and there are going to be times where um, that designated time is going to be interrupted or there's going to be something that, that gets in the way of that. Um, and so you either find a different time, an alternate time in that day that, that you miss it, but definitely you never want to miss two days in a row because uh, missing one day in a row is not a big deal. Miss two days in a row, you're starting a new bad habit. So we want to we want to create good habits. Um, so as you as you set your place, your time, um, that is a, a key piece of having uh, making the most of your Bible reading time. And I want to say consistency is key. Consistency is key. You stick to it. Um, give yourself some expectations. Tell tell somebody. Tell your spouse. Tell your Fight Club. Tell whoever it is. Uh, 
uh, what you're looking for and, 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 you know, and what you're wanting to do and, and have them hold you accountable. Be consistent in that thing. So now that you've got your sp- place and your time, you need a good Bible. And when I say a good Bible, I'm not saying like something that's got a, all kinds of frilly dilly, um, leather bound so- sort of stuff. Like that's not what I'm after. I'm saying find a good Bible that is easy for you to understand. Um, find a good translation. I recommend um, the ESV or the CSB. Um, those are more word-for-word translations. We use the ESV um, on Sundays here at Sacred Sea Molina. That's that's really what we've been using um, this whole time. Um, and, and both of those are very similar as far as what they do. Word-for-word translations, um, very approachable. Um, and uh, th- so, yeah. And then the other thing is, um, I think a good, good resource... Um, that we'll talk about here in another in another minute is a study Bible. I think study Bibles are are worth their weight in gold. They're um, they're not necessarily compact, but when you take into account all of the information that they have in them uh, beyond the the biblical text, um, that gives you some sort of literary background. The author, uh, who who the author is, the time, the the circumstances, the themes. It helps. It, it does all these things to help you understand your Bible and to a greater degree. Um, and so I recommend grabbing a study Bible. Um, and, uh, using that as a reference, um, there's, there's a lot to, to be gained from that. So, um, ESV makes a good study Bible. You can get them. They're usually on sale. They're, they're relatively inexpensive. Uh, I think you can get a pretty, I think you could get, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting off the top of my head here, but the last time I bought a study Bible, I know that I could buy a hardbound one. I think it was like 35 bucks. You could get a, a you know, a faux leather one for maybe 50. And if you go, go up a little bit more, there's um, some nicer Bibles that you can get that, that'll last you for a long time. And I think one of the cool things, one of the things that, um, that, that I just, I like having Bibles that'll stick around for a long time. Um, so get, it might be worthwhile investing some time, uh, some money into something that's a little bit nicer, a little better binding. Okay, so you got a Bible, you got your time and place. Now you need uh, some writing utensils. I grab a, a pen and a highlighter, pencil and a highlighter, whatever it might be, micron and a highlighter. Um, uh, what what you want to do is you want to highlight your Bible. Okay, um, a lot of people think, oh, I don't want to mark my Bible. It's the Word of God. There's something really sacred about it. And yes, the Word of God is sacred. I'm not saying that it's not. It is 100% sacred. Um, but the Bible, the, the the artifact that you have in front of you is paper and ink, um, and and you are not defiling your Bible when you mark when you mark it up. You're or uh, you are. Um, what is the word? Adorning your Bible when you mark it up. You are um, jotting down in the margins things that stood out to you, um, the themes that you picked up on, prayer requests, um, things that struck you. Um, you're highlighting those verses that you want to be able to find easily. And and I think you know, as a as a parent, I I've got I want to leave my kids a document of how the Word of God has spoken to me, how the the Word of God. Um, has has influenced me and shaped me and, and my thoughts and my affections and all those things. And I think um, being able to give them a Bible um, or for them to discover my Bible after I'm long gone, um, to see the things that I've written down um, and how the Lord has been faithful and, and kind to me, uh, I think that would be a, a good, um, what do you call it, a good inheritance because um, I sure ain't got money for them yet to hand down. <laughs> okay, so then... Uh, pen and highlighter. You got the Bible. You got the time and place. Now you need to grab um, a journal or a notebook. Um, I think this is helpful. Journal notebook is is a way for you to kind of document um, what you've been reading to process your thoughts. Um, we've got some some things that um, you'll want to write down later on, some questions as you're processing. 
Um, and so the journal comes in handy in that regard also um, for when you come across things that you got questions about. Um, so it's basically like your own uh, uh, running, um, what do you call it? It's, it's like your own little uh, artifact, I guess, of of uh, how, how you're you're progressing, how you're growing, and your understanding of the scriptures. And so um, it's easy to refer back to, um, bring them up, make connections. That's a cool thing as you're starting to like study whole books of the Bible, um, making connections from Old Testament to New Testament and how all those things are intertwined and all that stuff. Um, that's pretty cool. Second, four, fifth thing, uh, hard with numbers. Scrap paper. Grab, grab some scrap paper um, or your uh, planner. Uh, you just want to have this um, next to you because the second that you sit down and, and are quiet um, and, and try to give yourself to something like the Word of God, um, growing in that, the enemy is going to come in. You're going to get distracted. Um, there's going to be all kinds of things that pop in your head that, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta take the clothes out of the dryer. I got to send this thing in the mail. I got this thing to take back to the store. You're going to get all kinds of things that you should be doing, um, and, and, um, and, and it'll pull you away from Bible reading time. So put them down on the list set it aside, and then give yourself back to uh, your Bible time. Um, Oh, I want to go back to the journal notebook thing, too, Um, with that, as you get distracted. So, like, if if you find something that's kind of pops out at you and you don't know exactly what it is, um, one of the ways that you can can self-sabotage your Bible reading time is to to chase that that rabbit trail down. Um, Instead, write that thing down in your notebook uh, and then when you have time, go back if you want to search the web or, or, you know, go talk to somebody about that that thing you get a question about. Don't let that question mark sort of dominate the whole Bible time that you've set aside. Um, so, okay, we've got uh, five of the six things. We've got the scrap paper or your planner, a journal. Uh, you got your Bible. You've got pens and highlighters and time and place. And now, uh, last thing is your Bible reading plan, da 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 you don't want to open up to a random page in the Bible and just do like a like a, a roulette sort of thing. Just let you know, flippy flip through it, and where you land, you land. Um, that is not a very productive way of reading the Bible. That'll you'll have probably a lot more questions than you find answers if you do it that way. Uh, and then you run the danger of always taking things out of context, which we don't want to do that. Um, and and in in reading a book of the Bible like all the way through, or, or sticking with you know some Bible reading plans take you through a couple books of the Bible at the same time, you're able to follow the logical flow of the letter. Right, the author when they're writing, they're very intelligent. They're not just like throwing random ideas out at once. You get to follow like their their flow of thought, um, and to wrestle a little bit better, I think, to to gain a deeper understanding of what they're really trying to say. So, I highly recommend a Bible reading plan. For example, um, you could. Do uh, you could take this feast to flourish the the chapter a day Bible reading plan that we've got available on Dwell um, or these little bookmarks that are at the bookstore. Um, you grab that bad boy and you you stick to um, one of those chapters a day. And listen, um, oh, oh, as far as time goes, um, I think a good place to start is like fifteen to twenty minutes of Bible reading time a day, um, and. Uh, you don't need to go. You don't need to go in the deep end right out the gate. If if you want to go an hour, by all means, go an hour. Um, but don't overwhelm yourself by saying, "Well, uh, it doesn't really count if I don't read for an hour." Well, that's that's not the case. Uh, 15, 20 minutes. There, there's a good time to be had there in the Bible, especially if you're kind of hunkering down in one chapter um, for those. 15, 20 minutes, um, which is what you can do with this is, is, uh, most of these, these passages that we have, 
um, in our Feast to Flourish, the chapter day, um, take you less than three minutes to read, honestly. And and if Duell is doing it, somebody's reading for you. But I, I do recommend actually reading it yourself. Um, and th- what that means is that if you're going to stick to one chapter a day, which is you can do that, um, it gives you more time to do some of this processing stuff and actually getting into the uh, reading and, and, and reading the Bible for growth stuff that we're really trying to accomplish. Um, and so, uh, yeah, 15, 20 minutes a day is enough. You get all that stuff together and you kind of got your toolbox set for you. And now you can jump into reading your Bible for growth. And the very first thing that you do uh, before you open Bible uh, is go to the Father in prayer. Um, ask God for for help and understanding. Um, ask to meet him there in the text. The Spirit would be present um, as you're studying, that, that he would shine the light on Christ um, and that, that your heart would be uh, built up in the faith um, and you would be given wisdom and the ability to apply uh, what you learn. And so just, I, it you don't have to like do what I just said verbatim, but you kind of get the gist of what I'm saying is go to God. He's got the wisdom. He's happy to give it. Go ask. Uh, and then you open up the Bible and you read through. If it's, if it's you know, just a chapter or whatever shorter passage, um, read through it a couple times. Uh, make some, and as you read, um, your first pass, just take what you can and then go back and kind of reread it and start making observations. Um, when you come to a new book of Bible, you want to ask the context questions of who, what, when, why, hair, uh, hair that's not, where, how, or, or for what reason, um, who's speaking, who are they talking to, what's going on, what are the circumstances, um, where are they at, and then you're, you're, you're kind of getting the context of the book of the Bible that'll help you kind of understand the framework um, there, then you kind of move into more of the text specifically, sort of the literary features. Is there anything repeated? Are there any uh, words and phrases that stand out? Anything that kind of like seems a little bit uh, out of the ordinary that that you, you might need some more clarity on? Um, uh, what about what about connecting words like um, something something therefore right so the first part says here's a truth therefore right here's how you live in line up so looking out for those connecting words that that kind of give us a flow to the argument or the, the line of thought of the author um, this is time for you to really be a detective to survey the text to look out for details uh, look looking for things that sort of uh, jump out at you and, and even asking questions uh, about you know what what's what's there what what is this what what what's right in front of me is really what I'm asking is what was right in front of me, um, and it's like you're not you're not like trying to to solve the Da Vinci Code or you know um, national treasure treasure situation where the, the Bible is some sort of codex you have to break, but like to to observe to really see what's right there in front of you. Once you've made some observations, you want to go into interpretation and ask the question of what does this mean. Okay, I've collected all the facts. I've collected all the data. Uh, what is this? What is what is being said here? And and it's really important that when we start to work on inter- interpretation, is not for us to import our own ideas and thoughts about what the scripture is saying, but let the scripture tell us what the scripture is saying. That we always want to let scripture interpret scripture. So, if you're reading a passage. You're kind of like looking up in the back of your head, looking for something, uh, for the answer to a question of, of one of those things. Um, it's not up in the back of your head. It's probably on the text right in front of you. And if it's not right in front of you, um, then it's going to be answered somewhere within the canon of Scripture. And so uh, going back to the Scriptures to let Scripture tell us what Scripture means, um, somebody said that Scripture is not a, a picnic where the, uh, the author brings the words and you get to bring the meaning. 
Um, we have to extract the meaning from the text. Uh, there is only one meaning to the text, and that is what the author intended to say. And so we have to discover uh, what that means. And so when you get an inter- inter- interpretation, this is where a place where you might need some help. And so you can, um, I, I would recommend definitely doing it yourself first, going through and working through and jotting down your ideas about what you think the scripture says. Um, and then if you get to a place where you need some help, there are some experts who can help you. Um, there's there's all kinds of commentaries. Um, there are big commentaries, small commentaries, um, things that are really accessible, things that will take you really, really in deep. Um, I think another, uh, I was telling them last night, um, a couple of video resources that I think are helpful, at least getting um, your mind around some of the things. Um, the Bible Project does these uh, introductory um, videos, which are pretty impressive for every book of the Bible. Um, you can go there if you're starting up a new book of the Bible. In fact, that's one of the first things that I usually do, to be honest with you, um, when I come to a new book of Bible, just to kind of get set historically and what, what the circumstances are going around is, and I watch this little, it's like a 10 minute video, gives me good, some good context. Uh, another good video resource that has, is helpful, especially, I think it's mostly for, um, New Testament epistles would be John Piper's look at the book series. He sits down, basically he, he walks you through his own Bible study, um, techniques and and he's drawing connections and making applications and doing stuff like that, um, and so I, I think that's really I think it's really fascinating to watch him do it and he's just he's he's been doing it for many decades and he is very proficient at it so that is a, a resource that um, you could even go check out and uh, and, and gain something from uh, and then once you get to once you've done some of the interpretation uh, you start to. Um, to do some uh, interrogation. So start asking the questions. And, and this is really where growth starts happening, um, where you, you're, you, you've let the text kind of stand on its own. Um, you've seen what the, what what's there in front of you. You've interpreted the meaning. You've found out what the author's intended to say. And now you're asking the question of, so what? What does this mean? Um, and so here, here are some of the questions that I think that are, are worthwhile to work through. Uh, here's a handful of them. Um, first one is, what does this tell me about God? Every passage that you're going to come to is going to tell you something about God. Um, and so what is it? What, what about his character and what, what his works and, and the way that he, he interacts with his people? What, what, what does this passage tell me about God? And, and you're going to, in your journal, you're going to want to jot these things down. This is worth um, putting down. It's something that you can come back to, especially if you're, you're maybe in a, a tough season. You can go back and kind of recount some of the things that you've learned from your previous Bible reading. So what does this tell me about God? Another one is, um, what does this tell me about myself? Um, what does it tell me about my condition? Um, another thing that you can ask is, um, what are the promises that are being made here? Are there any promises that are explicitly made? What, what are the things that we can kind of hang our hat on as far as this is what God says and this is what he promises he will do? Um, then uh, I, I introduced uh, four big questions that Luther um, lays out for as far as Bible study and prayer. Um, that kind of fit in, in with this. He says, then what does the Bible teach me to do? After I find out um, who God is and what he's like and in my condition and um, any kind of promises, what does the Bible teach me to do? What is it that I'm told to do? Um, that's the next good question, which will come on later on in the application. Um, then I'm asking, what does the Bible show me that I have to be thankful for? And, and of course, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got stuff to be thankful for about God, about who he is. Um, you know, and, and, and I think it's, uh, that's a time where the spirit can really do a good work and sort of, of generating in our hearts, a, a posture of thankfulness and, 
um, that is a, a command of, of Christians. So um, what does the Bible show me that I have to be thankful for? Then a question is, what do I need to confess and repent of? What What is, what is this thing exposing in my life that I have not necessarily uh, come to grips with, that I have not been uh, integrating into my own life, that I have not been believing, that I have not been doing? And what do I need to do? Uh, I need to confess and repent and receive God's forgiveness um, and, and start walking in faith. And then he, he says the, the fourth question of, of Luther's here is, what does this text text teach me to ask for? So um, it's not that, that God's uh, word j- doesn't just tell us what to do and leave us high and dry and kind of leave it to ourselves to figure it out. Um, he actually gives us resources. And so what are those resources um, that I need to be asking for? Uh, a good one that will always apply is for the Holy Spirit. Uh, ask for the Holy Spirit to help me, give me power, strength, his wisdom, understanding. So um, what does the text teach me to ask for or specifically to uh, for me to grow in? If you want to think about virtue or character, um, any of those things, what do I need to be asking God for? Um, and then... Um, Let's see. Oh, and with that whole confess and repent thing, you got to be specific. Um, and, and that's one of the things that our liturgy on Sundays is meant to do. It kind of gives you a, a vernacular, uh, a way to to articulate um, specific ways in which we've sinned more than just saying, oh, yeah, God, I messed up and I sinned to this. But to actually say, well, here's the, the, the date and time that I sinned. And, you know, put kind of a time stamp on, here's where it happened, here's where it was a real thing in my life, and this is why I need to repent of it. I don't sin in just a generic way. We always sin in specific ways. Um, and then uh, another question is, who, who, um, who needs to hear about this? Asking the Spirit, kind of as a missionary, who can I go tell about this? Whether it's, it's a, a, a Christian brother that I can give some sort of encouragement or admonishment of some sort, um, or if there's somebody that I'm on a mission to that could really benefit from hearing about uh, the character of God and his kindness towards us, um, who needs to hear about this is a good thing to ask as you start asking, answering um, those questions. And then that kind of takes us right into application of what do I need to do? What's next? How, how do I live this out? Um, and just like when our, we're confessing the specific things, uh, we also want to be as specific as we can when it comes to application. Um, and, and this is where a little bit of Christian imagination comes in handy uh, and, and sort of re-envisioning what would my day-to-day life be like? Um, how would my day-to-day life be different if I really believe this to be true? Um, and you get into the specifics. How does this impact my relationships? How does this change the way I go about keeping my responsibilities? How does this change my attitude, my demeanor? Um, when will, you know, even thinking about this, at what time of the day will this piece of scripture become most relevant to me, right? So if it's a matter of patience, um, I'm going to need the most patience in this scenario. And so I'm going to kind of put a mental bookmark in that part of my day and say, when I get here, I'm going to have to go back and remember what I read this morning, remember uh, the truth that God put in front of my face to believe it and to obey it. Uh, and then getting into the practical stuff of what kind of action do I need to take? What do I actually need to do? Um, not just to be hearers and understanders, but to be doers of the word, to take action um, and, and, and to actually get after it. And so that's part of um, this application um, that, that we're working through. Um, and that basically takes you through. Now, this this general form of how to read for growth, I think, there, there, uh, there's a lot of similarities with um, the inductive um, method of Bible study. I think I think that's a really helpful way of going about um, your Bible reading. But um, this is just a good way to get the most out of your Bible. Um, I uh, we put together this little. It's like a half sheet thing um, that has these these things: the pray, observe, 
observe, interpret, uh, interrogate, apply. Um, it has those sort of phases in your Bible reading plan of reading for growth. Uh, we've printed some out. They're available at the hospitality desk there um, by the bookstore area. You can grab one of those. Um, uh, there's also a digital version of that up on Realm, uh, or you can send me an email, sam at sacredcitychurch.com. I'd be happy to send that on to you. Um, and so hopefully that gives you some tools to put in your tool bag for this Bible reading thing that we hope that you really, really give yourself to in 2022. Oh, I forgot. I almost said 2020. 2022. Thank goodness we're not in 2020. Um, and, and I just want to encourage you to to take those next steps. Start small. Um, set aside that time. Make, make that time and place. Um, get that stuff together. Start small, 15, 20 minutes a day, getting into it. Um, fumble your way forward. Nobody's going to be great at this once you get started. Um, like, like anything, it's a new skill. And so um, give yourself to it. Be faithful in it. Um, when, it when the going gets hard or maybe you come across a passage that's really working you over, um, don't, don't give up. Right? Reach out, ask for help. And I think um, another thing is to ask questions. When you get to those places where you feel stumped in your, in your Bible reading time, um, ask questions. The, the Bible was meant to be read, read as, a, as a community. Um, we, for us to all have our own Bibles and to have multiple copies of them, to have them on our phone is, is quite a luxury. If you go back to um, the first century or even back further than that, it, it, they would everybody then would be so envious of how readily available uh, the Word of God is to us. Um, anyway, so go to community and, and ask those questions. Talk to your MC leader. Um, send me an email. Uh, I love talking with people about the Bible. Um, and so... Um, just ask those questions and start to get, gain some familiarity there. Um, and I want to be of any kind of help to you as I can along the way. I, I would really love to see uh, the people of Sacred City Moline get fired up about the Bible, just in the Bible, loving the Bible, uh, whole life. Just uh, it's like the lens that you view everything through. Um, and so I, I I want that for you. I just I love the Bible time that I get. I think part of I, there's a lot of ways I got a hard job, but in, in a lot of ways I got a great job where I get to sit down and study the Bible um, day in and day out. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I realize not everybody gets to, to devote the same amount of time that I do, um, but part of my job is to help you uh, to get whatever kind of time you can get um, and to make the most of that. So I hope this was helpful for you. If you got any questions, any thoughts, uh, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, let me know what you're thinking, uh, and then what else would be helpful as we move forward. Um, we're going to do another mini seminar here coming up in probably a couple months. We're probably looking, uh, I, I off the top of my head, probably March um, will be the next time that we do a, a, a mini seminar like that with Bible reading or some sort of Bible, um, some some sort of, of of thematic thing around the Bible. Um, if there's something that you want to learn about, something you want to grow in, um, let me know about that, and, and let's see if we can work that in and help you grow and become. Uh, a, a more faithful student of God's Word. And so with that, I'm signing off. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I will not be with you this Sunday uh, for our Sunday gathering. Uh, we'll be out of town, uh, but uh, we are inviting Kevin Knower, who is a uh, who's on staff at Sacred Seed Davenport, to come back out um, and preach for me and, and pick up where we left off with the book of Ezra in chapter 2. So I uh, hope to see you. I won't see you um, on Sunday morning, but I hope that you are there um, to continue pressing on in uh, this really cool uh, series that we're in, Rebuilding the Ruins. With that, love you guys. Have a great rest of your week. We'll uh, see you soon.